This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today, I'm here with Abigail Becker, the Cap Times local government reporter. Welcome, Abby. Hey, how's it going? Good. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. So you wrote about how Madison's south side is changing and is now at a turning point. Why is this a key time to be watching the south side? Yeah, it's a key time to be watching the south side because there's a lot of big things, you know, upcoming, right? We have um, the upcoming town of Madison annexation. And this is going to bring in thousands of more residents. It's going to um, likely cause, you know, an increase in the dollars that Madison will need to spend on public infrastructure projects. Um, But with that increase in residents and just the amount of land that the city has, um, the city will need to, to plan for all of that. So partly due to the Town of Madison annexation, the city is undergoing a South Madison neighborhood planning process. That process and the outcome of it will update um, a larger process that happened in 2005. At the Dane County level, there's also a huge redevelopment planning process happening for the Alliant Energy Center, which is on the south side. And so all of these kind of big changes are are happening. Uh, local municipalities are planning for them. And, you know, so I thought it was a good time to really look at how the neighborhood has developed and how it might change in the future with some of these, you know, big upcoming things happening. Um, and then find out a little bit about how residents are feeling about them and what, you know, their concerns are for their neighborhood. And your story is in part about kind of what makes South Madison special or different. Can you give me a little history on how South Madison came to be and why it's maybe unique? Yeah, I would say I think what makes South Madison unique is really its strategic position of where it's located in the city, right? I mean, it's really considered the southern gateway, you know, to downtown and to the capital, um, right? There's access off the Beltline, um, you know, again, that proximity to um, downtown resources and UW-Madison's campus really make it sort of this key area for the city and for, for residents, you know, kind of living in this area. South Madison is also one of the city's oldest organized suburbs. Um, I was actually looking into some of the history, and there's a Wisconsin State Journal article from 1902 describing it, um, you know, as one of Madison's newest neighborhoods. You know, at the time, uh, the article said that there was a population of about 400 in South Madison, and it was very cosmopolitan in nature. And so that was just kind of fun to look at sort of some of the, the history there. But in its development, South Madison was really home to a lot of uh, working class families. It was a place where families could go and buy a starter home. It was affordable to them. They could really stay in place. Um, Their families and households could continue to grow. So there was sort of this generational growth aspect to South Madison. However, for many years, many people say that it was sort of overlooked, you know, not really prioritized by the city. Here's what Alder Sherry Carter, who represents South Madison, said. You know, South Madison has been long forgotten, right? It was um, not on, uh, it was there, but not on anybody's radar to invest in, like they've invested in East Washington, 
um, avenue, and I'm not talking about the apartments, but I'm just saying prior to the apartments, they really invested in East Washington. Mm -hmm. So where should we look to see the changes that have already taken place in South Madison? I think the Villager Mall is a good place to look at for a key area that has changed in South Madison. There's a lot of great amenities in that area right now. Um, Those include an office for the Urban League, um, a library. There's also a Lane's coffee shop right there, right? So it's it's become sort of a uh, a bit of a hub, I think, for South Madison. So that was an area I think that has has definitely changed. Also, in recent years, we've seen a lot of improvements at Penn Park. Um, some call Penn Park the home field of South Madison. That's played a really important role, I think, in the neighborhood. And, and a few years ago, they celebrated a grand reopening um, of improvements in the park, including a brand new shelter. So that was a big, exciting piece for the neighborhood. And where should we look to see the changes that are coming next? Yeah, so I would look at definitely at South Park Street and the development that is, you know, heading south down Park. Um, I think one good example just visually of the changes coming to South Madison would be at the corner of Park Street and Fish Hatchery Road. That's a T-Wall Enterprises development project. Uh, It's a big apartment complex on that sort of triangle area, you know, at that corner. Um, and it's it's just huge. And if you get up close to it, right, you can see it's just sort of the scale of it. You can also see how it is a lot different than the houses, you know, just right across the street, right? So you get that just visual comparison in housing stock. It's all, I mean, it's a pretty visually striking building as well. And so a I think really just seeing how that relates to the immediately surrounding area is just a good example. Um, When people talk about their concerns over development in South Madison, that seems to be um, just sort of a visual marker for that. I'd also say residents can keep an eye on what what is known as the Truman Olson site. It's currently just a vacant lot uh, at the 1400 block of South Park Street. Um, This will eventually be home to, you know, a residential rental apartment complex area and also a grocery store. Um, So that will be coming soon. Also along Fish Hatchery Road, SSM Health is going through a big project of redeveloping its health clinic. So that's going to be another development uh, that we'll be seeing soon. And you've been talking with South Madison residents about these changes. What are you hearing? So I'm really hearing concerns over how the development that we're currently seeing is going to, in effect, drive up uh, property values and then how that then relates to housing affordability for renters and for homeowners and, uh, you know, the potential of not being able to afford where residents currently live and, you know, the possible eventual outcome of displacement of those residents. And this is a concern that is, I think, expressed across the entire city of Madison. The city is dealing with, you you know, just a very low vacancy rate, making it difficult to find housing. And city staff are studying this issue. Um, There was a recent report on equitable development in Madison that looked at, you know, this very thing about, you know, housing costs and gentrification and displacement and and all of those things. Um, You know, and as I was reporting on this, I was trying to keep in mind just the viewpoint of residents like Ananda Marilli, who is a member of the Madison School Board. She was on a recent Cap Times talk about gentrification. And, you know, she was really just expressing that okay, yes, data and studying things are a good thing, but they don't often capture the lived experiences of current residents. It misses my story, right? And the stories of people that when they get to their apartment complex and they see every other neighbor with a pink slip saying that they're being uh, infected uh, because they can no longer afford to pay for their rental, right? And 
the the issue is like people like me are in that constant fear. When we hear this word gentrification, what do we mean when we talk about that? Yeah, I mean, so gentrification can mean uh, can just mean investment in a neighborhood. Um, but when I believe the city is talking about it, especially in some of the recent reports on this issue, what they're really looking at is um, when a neighborhood is seeing kind of these these improvements, seeing an increase in property values at a rapid pace, that is a cause for concern of displacement of current residents. And so that displacement is uh, a huge worry. So when home values go up, who benefits and who loses out? Yeah, I'd say if you are a homeowner and your value is going up, that is a benefit to you if you eventually choose to sell that property, right? Because you're um, you're seeing a gain on your investment. However, you know, especially for renters, right, you're seeing that increase. Um, you may not be seeing your income go up as well. So more and more of your monthly paycheck is going to your housing costs. And what factors make South Madison especially vulnerable to displacement and gentrification? Yeah, there are a few factors that city planning staff have identified in the report that I mentioned that show South Madison is at this tipping point of gentrification. And one of those is that the neighborhood has seen the largest decrease in people of color from the neighborhood across the city. Um, And the other is that the area has also seen an increase in household income. So those two things generally, you know, these city planners say point to a gentrified neighborhood or factors that could lead to gentrification. In addition to those things, the neighborhood also shows low rates of educational attainment and also areas of concentrated poverty, which again show that a neighborhood is vulnerable um, and that it could be vulnerable then to gentrification. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And what are the residents telling you they'd like to see? So some residents I talked to did say they do want to see investment in their neighborhood. They would like to see the south side have improved bike paths and greater access to things like, you know, fresh produce. But they're also very aware that those things can lead to increases in rent and housing costs and how that can be a huge concern. So I think residents want to see investment, but they also want to see that investment balanced against things that can help keep housing affordable for current residents. And what steps is the city taking to keep these neighborhoods affordable and keep residents from being priced out? Yeah, I'd say that some steps the city is taking is really this planning effort, right? Listening to residents and you know trying to get feedback from the neighborhood on on what to what to do really uh, in the neighborhood in terms of investment, in terms of you know what to maintain. You know, I'd also say that the city is. Um, is aware of certain strategies that it can use to keep things affordable. One of those is something called land banking, and that's where a city can purchase an area of land and sort of reserve it uh, for for development and particularly for affordable development. So kind of really planning ahead in what um, what it can do on a plot of land. And so the mayor included a million dollars in the 2020 budget for efforts like this. What was surprising to you as you reported this story? I was surprised to find that despite all of the changes in development we've already seen in the neighborhood, that South Madison still is 
an affordable neighborhood. It's really hanging on to that affordability. I'm wondering if we'll start to see that change as we see more development in the area. But I mean, currently, it's one of the sort of last three neighborhoods that is considered affordable, you know, in Madison. And of those three, two are in South Madison. Um, so yeah, it's, it's struggling to, I think, hang on to that to its levels of affordability. So what should we be watching for next in this story and in South Madison? I think we should be watching for developments that are currently in progress but have not actually started to be built yet. We should be watching out for those to see if those stay on track, as well as possible other future developments that might be coming to South Madison that we don't know about yet. I'd also say we should keep an eye on 2022, which is when that Town of Madison annexation will be happening. Of course, leading up until 2022, the city will be planning extensively to kind of onboard those those residents into city services, and um, you know, as of course that is as it goes through its planning process for how to manage you know that increase in land. So I think those are two big things that we can look out for. Anything we've missed? I just wanted to say as a reporter working on these types of stories about neighborhoods, about people's homes, that I'm always very much honored that people take the time to share sort of what they love about their neighborhood with me because it is so personal to them as a resident of that neighborhood. And I'm just very honored to learn from them and to be able to share their stories. Abby, thanks so much for being in the studio. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Abigail Becker, who spends her days getting the lowdown on city and county government. Tune in next week when the tables turn and Abby interviews me about my cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Madsplainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including Cap Times Talks. The latest episode is a panel discussion all about gentrification in Madison. Until next time... Thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.